Hello, and welcome to the King Heroes Journey podcast. My name is Beth Martins, and I'm here with Matt. Can you tell me how to pronounce your last name? It's Roski. Roski. Okay, good. Good. I tried it a whole bunch of ways in my head. And uh, so we're just going to wait and uh, let a few people on while I set up Rockfin as well. We are, it's ready to go now. And I did share a link in the chat already, but maybe I'll do that again because sometimes they hide the ones that uh, have come in new. So here is the Rockfin link if you prefer an uncensored platform. I am on, uh, whoop, did I do that right? I am on two out of three strikes here on, on YouTube. So just so you know, Matt, if we talk about anything sensitive, we'll, we'll uh, say it all in code and uh, talk like children or, or idiots if we need to around certain stuff. But that's actually not our focus. The focus of the King Harris Journey podcast really is to highlight those strong, willing souls who are going to get out in front and risk the disapproval, risk the you know losses. Many of us face losses when we started telling the truth. But I know you're all about solutions, Matt. So it's uh, it's really great. It felt felt like a, an excellent fit. I've heard some of your interviews. Your 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 uh, work on electroculture went totally viral because everyone is so interested in growing. I bought the wires. I still haven't actually implemented the technique, but I'm hearing different people are. So before we get started, I'll just say hello to a few people in the chat that are coming in. Michelle from Michelle's Healing Home. She's a big fan of yours. Oh, yeah, we did a podcast. Did yeah. Nice. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. And there's Ian. And uh, who else do we have? John Wells. Nice to see you. I'm glad you're here. And uh, looks like you're among friends. So fantastic. Come and say hi. Linda Rushing is here. And we're going to jump right in because Matt's time is a little bit limited. I will be um, staying on after. I want to really quickly just let people know there's so much happening this week in uh, the House of Free Will and more on the King Hero's journey. The House of Free Will, it, Matt, if you don't know, is my private domain ministry where I have a, uh, a group of people that are working on the solutions as well. So we have a, a flat earth workshop. I don't know how you feel about that. The, the full flat electromagnetic magnetic universe part two coming up to uh, Wednesday with uh, David Manal and then a cell salts workshop. I don't know if you're into that at all with Ben Balderson at 1230 on Thursday and then back on the King Heroes Journey podcast on Friday is going to be Daniel David I am for part, or not a part two, but a second interview on mastering the mind. Uh, there's also a journey code open house coming up. So if anyone's looking into my coaching certification training at this time, July 26 is the date for the open house. You're welcome to call on me and talk sooner, but there is a link in the notes if you'd like to sign up for that uh, one for free. The training is in the house of free will, but the open house is, is open to the public, so to speak. Uh, August 4 workshop with John Logan Coots in the House of Freewell on homeschooling and the Garden of Children. So I'll just leave it at that. There's more, but we'll just get into it. And uh, I think you're busy like I am. I can see that that vibe on you. But this is a beautiful time to just make space for uh, solutions. Matt, Matt um, say one more time, please. Lasky. Roski. Okay. I always want to say Roski, but it's okay. Roski, not very far off. He founded Cultiv El Cult uh, Cultivate Elevate, which is the .com you'll see at the bottom of the banner here, to bring back information that's been suppressed and caused our society to become sicker and weaker. Their mission is to educate and empower individuals to rise above the state of fear because there are always solutions. And that's so great. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about your background, how you came to this work in the first place? So I got into all this because I used to have a lot of health issues and a lot of health ailments and a whole bunch of things that were 
things that I couldn't figure out how to, how to, you know, fix. I would go to a lot of professionals. Professionals would always give me the, you know, the, the same thing. It's your genetics. You're getting older. Um, you know, you're allergic to this, you're allergic to that, you know, but they never really focused on anything of the root cause, such as what I was eating, what I was drinking, my terrain, was I surrounded by Wi-Fi, you know, all these different things which impact our health. And as I started to understand every single thing that I put into my body is going to have a reaction, whether it's good or bad, then I started realizing that a lot of the stuff that I was putting into my body was not good. And I watched a documentary called GMOs Revealed. It was a 22 hour documentary on GMOs. And this documentary pretty much blew my mind because I started to realize that our food was not food anymore. A lot of it is being used as a weapon. And we, it looks the same, you know, you go and pick it, it might look exactly the same as what it did in the 1980s, 70s and 60s. But I started to realize that this is not the same food anymore. And I started having all these health issues, about 25, 26, started having all kinds of health issues. At about 30, when I was in the fitness world, I actually didn't know how much longer I was going to be around at that time because I was pretty much just, you know, working out all day, eating two pounds of meat a day, you know, and training and doing all this stuff, you know, use, utilizing caffeine, using, using a lot of stuff that I, I don't even touch anymore at all today. And I realized that just a lot of the stuff of what I was learning about health was very inverted. And I was never getting to the true root cause of things or understanding the understandings about eating organic you know, understanding my water, making sure it doesn't have fluoride in it, you know, understanding that I don't need Wi-Fi in the house. I can hardwire all my devices, you know, the clothes that I wear, such as the materials that I'm resonating with and the frequencies in which I'm, you know, putting on my body, you know, the, the, the body care products on my hair and on my skin, you know, all of these things all make a huge difference. And so as we created Cultivate Elevate in 2020, started with lion's mane mushroom, which was the first original product of Cultivate Elevate. And as we expanded, added more products. And then just I started putting together different types of solutions, depending on what I saw. And the biggest thing I saw in, in 2020 and 2021 was all the food shortages that they were telling us about where we were running out of food and all these things and whatever else. But then so that's when I stumbled upon electroculture. And then that kind of combated that. So I was big into just the whole thing of Cultivate Elevate is just trying to figure out how can we have a solution instead of the fear, because we're always put in this frequency. Every single time I sign on to social media, it's the same thing. It's like the end of the world every day. And right now I'm looking, it's beautiful blue skies. There's cute little birds jumping around and everything's beautiful. You know, it's not the chaos in which we're being, you know, put into with this, this frequency. And so basically in a nutshell, I'm all about just finding solutions and resolving the fear. Because when I was in a fearful state, I couldn't function. I was, you know, crazy because I was afraid of everything at that time. And that's no way to live. Nobody should live that life. And so I'm really big in trying to figure out how can we fix this and how can we switch out these things? And even if it's baby steps, one thing at a time, then we can have solutions to X, Y, and Z, even if it's one step at a time. Fantastic. Yeah, we've all had to digest our fair share of uh, fear porn, if I just call it what it is. And, uh, you know, it, it was a discovery, it took some time, but I'm fully lucid about it now that there's certain psyops were prepared for people who didn't necessarily think for themselves and were more like bunnies waiting for someone to tell them what to do and how to be safe. And then there's us. And now I'm hazarding a guess, Matt, that the propaganda was actually much bigger, the plan for us because it's a little harder to take us down and out, but 
fear is fear. And whether you're, you know, I, I like that you're talking about the, uh, you know, the whole doomsday psyop that has been repeated throughout my whole entire lifetime. I'm not sure how old you are, but it's just one version or another. And they finally got me with the financial collapse. But thanks to Brennan Sterling, I've just, I see that totally differently now. And uh, I see the actual numbers and everything. So, but, but long before I was able to see through all of that, I myself am a practitioner. I help people every single day. I save my life from cancer this way by letting the, the fears and, and those root causes inside ourselves go. And so that becomes a foundation for the, like, I just turned to solutions. There was, there was, there's certainly enough people covering the scary stuff anyway. It's not like I was uh, wanting to be in that world very much. And um, yeah, it's been really satisfying. So there's a whole bunch of topics I wanted to talk about. And I was actually wondering last night, given that we have a bit more of a limited time, I will stay on after, by the way, to see how maybe all of these things fit together, because that's one of your main themes is the holistic nature of health, right? And that's, so I wanted you to get uh, to talk about that maybe in the context of of say, you know, the effects of light on us, how we've been flooded by LEDs, um, how sleep solutions are involved in that way, how things impact the teeth. That's a very big subject. I bet you could do just a whole entire hour on that alone. Uh, salt myths, that was a huge part of my healing to discover the different natures of salts as well. I heard you did give a great take on parasites and it's not the, it's not the common, you know, uh, thing that we think about. There's also a great, fantastic workshop Jeff Wolfman did on parasites, a really different, you know, it's more about parasitism from his perspective rather than <clears throat> this organism is a parasite. And then what actually is organic, sustainable and holistic health and, and living. So is there any, and oh, of course, electroculture, we cannot leave that part out because that was the, uh, the inspiration in the very first place. Cause we're all nuts about growing around here, which we should be, whether there's a doomsday or not. And so I know I just threw a lot at you, but are there, are there some common roots that could, you could start to talk about those individual things or where are you interested in going? So with that, it, everything is a, it, it's, it's an overall spectrum. And like you said, it's like a holistic approach to everything, whether it's your food, whether it's your water, whether it's the food that you're growing, or whether it's like you just said, the, the lights that are up in, up in the ceiling, you know, the clothing that you're wearing, your bedding, these materials. And I started to notice that each and every one of those departments have kind of been, you know, taken over, I guess you could say. You know, if you start with clothing for just to get into that one, that's DuPont. DuPont taking over all of getting rid of all of the hemp and then taking over the entire clothing industry with the polyesters, plastics, polyurethanes, and all the different types of polymers, which all block the ability for energy to flow, which is why people, when they wear polyester, get very aggravated because they're getting hot and they're building up all that static and that static is not releasing. So, you know, that's the first one. So just even switching from simple polyester to linen is one of the best things people can do. You can get linen sheets, you can find linen clothes, you can you know, even go to a thrift store. People are always giving away linen all the time. But linen is a beautiful light healing frequency clothing that's just absolutely magical. And babies used to be wrapped in linen so that they wouldn't get restless leg syndrome. So you know, just improving our clothing is one part of the spectrum. And since we wear clothes for whatever amount of hours it may be a day, you know, it's important to be wearing the right ones. Then if we take it a step further, we go into our water and we can go into structured water, making sure that the water has structure in it. You know, simply drinking out of a copper cup, that was what people used to do, or using a silver 
or copper spoon. They would stir their cup for about, about three minutes to the right, three minutes to the left. That would instantaneously structure their water. You know, so as we're looking at all of these parts in our home, because we can go through each and every part of the home, each and every part plays a factor in our health. And we might not understand what's causing an ailment because we're having all these different factors all the time. And such as, for example, like you said, the lights, the LED lights, you know, I actually took apart one the other day because I wanted to see what was in it. It is the exact same. And this is absolutely crazy. The LED light is the exact same light as the street lights that they put out all in 2020 and 2021. So, you know, when people are like, I'm, I'm getting headaches, I'm getting dizzy, I'm feeling off. Imagine standing underneath those street lights for hours, you know, you flip the switch. So a lot of the things in this whole, you know, spectrum that we're looking at, a lot of the things are just identifying common issues with whatever it may be, whether it's lights, food, water, growing your own food, things like that. And then, you know, as you switch one thing at a time, you don't even have to go back to doing that again. Because like once you learn incandescence and halogens or candlelight is much better than LEDs, once you do that, now you're pretty much set on your lights. So that one's kind of checked off. Then you move to your clothes, you know, and you be aware of that, switching to linens, cashmere, wool, all those beautiful healing frequencies, putting those on the body, the body will instantly heal like that. Going from conventional food to organic food, just the, the, the in, increase in nutrients is just absolutely remarkable. There was a study in 1992 where they showed that organic food yields 100 times more nutrients than conventional food. And they haven't done any studies since because, you know, that, that goes against Monsanto and all the nonsense that we face. You know, so that was the last one. But, you know, just that alone, it can change. And then as you do these little changes, it's just a, it's just a, a lifestyle. That's what it becomes. Because you start becoming aware of things like, let's say, fragrance, which, you know, once you remove it from your lifestyle, you start feeling great and you start not getting allergies and sinuses and all these symptoms of, or side effects from these things. But each one is just kind of like adjusting your lifestyle and improving your lifestyle because you'll feel better. And as I started to just kind of change a couple different things in a row, I started noticing, you know, I felt better. My energy was better. I'm more mentally clear. And as we take it a step further to electroculture and growing your own food, we can be helping the plants and the birds and the bees and the pollinators and everything else. And I say that because even when I started doing electroculture, I started noticing all these beautiful birds, beautiful pollinators, bats, praying mantises, grasshoppers. I mean, anything I could think of was on my balcony. And it was mind blowing to see just from placing a couple antennas. So our impact of our, I guess, elevation of our health and our terrain, like our home being kind of like the terrain impacts also everything around us. And I think that also brings a lot more positivity than like you said, all the fear, you know, you can turn on social media and it's just like you said, the money's running out, you know, this is all this stuff, but it's like, no, it's not. You look at the graphs and it's not, you know, so just a lot of things that just, you know, really can impact your lifestyle and also your mental health the most, because all of these things, as you correct these things, spend more time with nature, spend more time doing these things. It's a completely different world. And the fun part is, is once you fix, you know, one, you just kind of are doing a checklist to the others. And then you just go about, you can live your life with all of those things. And yes, maybe there's some adjustments you'll have to do. 
you know, sometimes if you travel, maybe you need to bring some linen sheets with you or maybe bring a, a light bulb or a lamp or something it may be so that you're not having the LEDs and things like that. But, you know, it, for the most part, you can live a very happy, healthy life and not, like I said, be in fear just by adjusting some of these things on, the, on their own. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. It's easy to get like, because that was one of the big lessons for me surviving cancer. For three years, I was doing everything right. I had learned about the good water. I learned about the good food. I did, by the way, completely heal my gut from uh, uh, eight trips to India, but just by going organic, just to say how powerful that is. But, uh, you know, um, several years later, at 29, I find myself with a stage four lymphoma. And so it was a process of a very big shift, even though I, I felt like, or I thought I was already having a healthy lifestyle, but, you know, one at a time. And I think that's great advice just to make incremental changes because those, uh, otherwise you, you set yourself up for failure and, you know, the habit is a real thing when you go to just, you know, choose products or, or not choose products. I love that you're into the fragrance thing. There was a fantastic interview with Amanda Volma here specifically on all the, the disruptors that that creates. And so the, you know, the, the, that journey is here. I was doing everything right is what I wanted to say, but I was still dying. And so I had to go even deeper, like th that, yes, all of this stuff is good, but I was doing it out of fear, Yes. right? Fear of dying, fear of being sick. So this was another major key turner. And it really wasn't until I went into what I thought I was death, instead of fighting against it and always resisting and hoping against hope, then just giving over to it was what I was able to reclaim my life force uh, in that way short story. I won't make that a long one, but, uh, but yeah, so it seems like you can always go deeper into the, into the roots and get at that motive of the energy. So then I would love to talk more about the electroculture as well in terms of the health of the garden, because we know that your body's terrain, that the earth is the terrain. And, and so is it a kind of all or nothing, you know, like I'm looking at all my implements and their iron and, and, and I'm using fencing because I've got the deer, and I don't think the deer are going to be affected by electroculture, no matter how healthy that soil is. They love it. They're all full of my food now. And, um, and then so, you know, every little thing that you put in the ground, uh, I'm assuming it's not to be afraid of it or, you know, and, and why are different, why is copper different than other metals like iron and, and those kind of things, if you want to start getting into it. So the difference between the, if we go into the iron versus the copper, and this was shown back with Victor Schauberger's work, he showed that when farmers would place copper into the soil, they would increase their yields because it doesn't disrupt the magnetism of the earth. And it also doesn't create a lot of rust and decay because iron, when you think about it, you pour water on it and then you got rust on it. And, but it's interesting, not all iron rusts. It depends on if it's tap water or well water. So this is something too, I kind of had an epiphany, epiphany about one day. I kind of cleaned a pan differently and I thought that's in a rust. But then when I clean it with tap water, it rusts. So what is the difference in there? Obviously, that's a whole nother thing. You can talk about that for hours. But anyway, so with the with the iron that creates a lot of rust and decay. And then that's why slugs usually come around because slugs are trying to clean up that rust and decay because slugs are copper based. They're copper blood based. So they'll actually try to come around and clean up all the rust and the decay when you put too much iron in the soil. If you put a lot of copper in the soil, they have no reason to come about. There's no rust and decay. So there's no reason for them to come clean anything up. 
So all these materials all have different frequencies, even gold, even silver. You know, if you go into tin, we used to use lead, you know, all those different ones. I think it's the seven metals of the seven planets. All of those can resonate in our garden as well. But when we get into these different types of metals, such as copper versus iron, one promotes a lot of life. And then the other one kind of goes a little bit against it. Now, the issue that we have, if a person already has, you know, iron and steel trellises, there's not much that a person can do other than they can build a wood or they can build their trellises out of wood and do their fencing out of wood. I know Michelle, who was in here, she did that and she had some great results. But if the person cannot, because they've already set up their garden and it's the middle of the summertime, you know, and whatever, they can leave them. And the copper will actually balance out all the iron and the steel. And that's what kind of got me really heavily into this, because when Victor Schauberger presented all of this in the 1940s, he was telling farmers if they use copper, they're going to they're basically going to get a lot of food. And the politicians at that time said they're not going to get a lot of money. So, you know, because they're growing too much. So that was a big thing that kind of threw me into the copper. And like everything should be out of copper. Our, our pipes used to be out of copper, you know, and if copper is dangerous, why was everybody's pipes made out, out of copper? You know, and all these like inverted things and whatever else. But when it comes into electroculture and your 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 plants, what you're doing is you're assisting the electrical conductivity of your plants. So your soil and your plant is conducting electricity or energy up and down as it flows with the sap and it goes up the tree and then it goes back down the tree. And what the, the copper is doing is it, it's assisting that beautiful energy that is occurring while the sap is moving up and down and same with the leaves they're coming out in fractals they're coming out at you know 1.6 hertz and they're 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 creating and that copper is helping to assist those and the whole thing of what i've started to realize is as i've kind of dived into this people knew about electroculture and this is i was getting into newspapers from 1835 and they had things about electroculture in australia and New South Wales, all in their newspaper. And the Royal Agriculture Society was having people write essays about electroculture in 1836. So all of this information has been around for a very long time. And I'm sure we can go back even farther if I talk about cathedrals and things like that. But in general, all of this information has been pre presented for a very long time. We just lost track of it or these newspaper articles you know, vanished and disappeared during over, over different resets. But it's interesting because as you're incorporating all these beautiful materials of copper, you can start incorporating different types of stones, you know, different types of lodestones, which are magnetic stones. You can imp implement different types of quartz. You can implement all these beautiful things to assist life because all we're trying to do is we're trying to uplift the frequency and increase the conductivity. And the reason I say that, because a lot of the times people have trees or plants where one side of the tree or the plant is not doing so well, and the other side of the tree or the plant is, is thriving. And what I've started to notice is the electrical conductivity on this side of that plant has just been turned off. And that's because of either the stuff going up in the air, coming down, or just poor soil because of the conductivity has been removed over time. And as we start to use electroculture, we turn back on that conductivity on the other side and our plants begin to thrive and our gardens begin to go crazy. And in the last month, I would say people have been sending me pictures 
of just so many things. I mean, I have a lady who had cucumbers that were like, uh, it's just, I can't even make my hands the size. I have another lady who sent me her the, the, the pictures of her squash. The leaves are bigger than her, her, half the size of her husband. Like her husband is in there trying to get through the leaves and the leaves are bigger. I, I, I told her, I'm like, they're going to take over your, your garden soon, you know, or your house. I had another friend, they put some antennas in their backyard. They went on vacation, they came back and their plants are now towering over the fence and their neighbor's, ho- neighbor's house, they have a garden next door on the other side of the fence and their fence has now gone up. So, you know, just crazy stuff that can be done and it's just so simple. And all we're doing is just creating coils, using atmospheric antennas and replicating what used to be on top of all these buildings. Used to have all these atmospheric antennas and fractal designs on top of all these buildings. And they surely weren't catching lightning because there were thousands of them. And it's just, we're starting to do these things and it's just going to uplift. And I partially believe because of all the electroculture movement that is occurring and it's printed just like a shift like this, that is also part of why the Schumann resonance, I think is just going through the roof. Because now we're up, everybody is doing their collective part to uplift the earth, whether it's their, and, and it starts with your garden, because now you're going to have the highest quality soil and the highest quality terrain. So if every person started doing it, think of whatever you do down here goes up there and it increases and, and changes things and makes things very positive. So as for the whole nutshell of the electroculture, there's so many avenues, obviously, we can go with this and talk about, but it's just remarkable how simple things can be and how much, you know, things can increase. And just by doing the most simple, simple techniques, rather than using all the Monsanto iron, iron, iron pesticides and fertilizers that they always try to push, you know, so they're already giving you the opposite when you go to the hardware store so that you become dependent on the grocery store. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. And so would you say that it replaces any need to fertilize, like just handling the, the electricity? Right, right. Okay, fantastic. And um, I was searching around, I wasn't able to find doesn't mean they don't exist, because we know that things are very suppressed. But are there formal studies where they're like, this bed has electroculture, and this bed doesn't, and here's let's track the growth of the plants? So some of the older books uh, from the 1900s to about the 1940s, and then some of the old newspaper articles would show before and after pictures. And like the one with Justin Cristo flow, the cabbage is as big as him. And I think he's about five, five and a half or six feet tall, you know? So you see these remarkable photos and think, okay, this might be where that big gigantic pumpkin we all know about the 2000 pound pumpkins. Someone might've been onto something and understood that. And then they told a small group of people and then they kept growing these absolutely gigantic pumpkins. But Yes, there's a lot of stuff in the past of people showing all different kinds of setups. What's interesting, too, is all the setups look like our current system of telephone lines and power lines. Mm. So Mm. then it makes you wonder, is somebody on to something? Because what was interesting was I was reading an article from 1997 where they said that if you put a light bulb above 15 feet, it will light itself. The street light is above 15 feet and it might just light itself. And they said in this article, you could use LEDs to do that. So now it's made me have this whole epiphany that all of those bulbs might be all running for free and they're not even connected to anything. And it's just stuff to really kind of start thinking about because it's just things we haven't been told. 
because once again, if you could just light up a light bulb by putting it up, let's say on a, I don't know, on a palm tree or something, well, there you go. You'd have electricity for free. And then that competes with all of our current systems of, you know, some sort of money system or whatever it may be. Right. Right. That's amazing. Um, so I'm curious about static electricity because it's something I've always dealt with. It's we live in a very dry culture here. Even I was jumping on the trampoline earlier this morning and I go to get off and whoa, did I get a shock, intense shock. Now it's a, you know, it's like a standard aluminum frame thing. So, you know, obviously not grounded. I'm on a, I'm on a second floor balcony, although it's connected to wood. So is static like bad for us or a sign of something bad that's in the atmosphere? So this is an interesting one because there's a guy in Germany who wrote a book on static electricity and plants. And if you put plant seeds in a static field, you can actually return them to basically their prehistoric DNA. That's basically what he learned. He basically took corn, puts corn seeds in this static field. When he would plant those corn seeds, they would have six bushels growing out of one stalk. So it just looked like a vine. He did this with fish and the fish started having big jaws and looking like prehistoric times or whatever timeline that is actually. So remarkable things. Basically he understood if you go high enough above the ionosphere, there's a certain space. And if you replicate that and you put your seeds in there, you will basically increase the static fields, which can increase plant growth through the roof. So that is one part of that equation. The other part of the equation is what you were talking about, where if you're on any type of plastic material, rubber, anything that's like just man-made in general, those can create static fields on the body, which over time, if that static is not removed, a person could result in restless leg syndrome. They could result in hair loss. They could result in maybe something related to their skin. You know, all these things, because when we have too much static on us, our body doesn't function in the proper way. And then we start to get, like I was saying, irritated and aggravated because of these static fields. So it's interesting because, you know, with plant life, very beneficial, and also fish and animals, very beneficial. But as for humans, it seems not to be. And as Ian just said too, yes, your shoes, <laughs> your shoes are blocking the ability for that energy to flow up and down the body. So they're gathering that static charge the whole time, rubbing up against each other and creating that. And that can result in the static charge sitting on the body which can result in inflammation, brain fog, you know, all these different things. And it's just interesting because when you start wearing linen, for example, if we take it back to that again, there's no static that can be built up on linen. Mm. So when it comes to healing, you'd see all these, for example, royals, priests, all these different people and whatever else, all wearing linen. And they would hold metal, which is funny because if you think about it, they're holding a conductor, but right. they're not gathering static while they're walking. So then if you think about it, they're charging the whole time or becoming like almost like a battery versus if we were, for example, holding, let's say, I don't know, a metal or whatever it may be while wearing these polymers or these plastics, well, then we're gathering a negative static charge. So it's just an interesting thing of what I've observed, you know, versus one side versus the other. But the, the best thing somebody can just do is go barefoot grounding. And like after you're done with the trampoline, you could just go barefoot grounding or just touch a tree. You know, I always, that's what I was doing. And when I was in, you know, like going out in nature, I would just hug a tree or touch a tree and put my head up on the tree and all the static would be removed instantaneously because a lot of it sits on our scalp because this is usually our hottest area. 
So a lot of it sits up here. So if you just put your head up on the tree, that will help remove that static. And then also allow that electricity because or electric energy to flow up and down the body. Right. Okay. Fantastic tip. Yeah. And it's uh, like, I surround myself with greenery uh, in and out, although out my garden is still 500 meters away, but uh, yeah, so that's all excellent information. And, um, and then we talk about water, you were saying how like tap water is creating that bad reaction with the metals. Uh, but I'm noticing also it, rainwater is doing it because I don't have a lot of, I, I do have to water periodically with the tap water because of our rains. But so I noticed rainwater is still rusting the, you know, cheap metal crap that I spent way too much money on at the garden store and uh, it's still happening. So with those different kinds of water, like, first of all, is rainwater considered structure? Like rainwater is in fact what comes out of the taps. It's just, it's just cycled and poisoned along the way. So yeah, if you want to talk about water, that'd be great. Technically, it's electrically charged. It's like distilled water because it's flowing from, you know, the sky down onto the ground. And as soon as it hits, you know, there's that electrical charge going and just basically spreading. So rainwater can be, you know, it, 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 it is very electrically conductive. But the issue, like you said, is there could be whatever same composition is in this tap water could be the same composition that's coming from that rainwater. And I just say that because if you're seeing that same result where it's rusting and you're having that issue, then it could be something that's in the water. Now, it could be chlorine. That's what I kind of think. Or something of just, you know, some sort of other metal. There could be another metal that's put in there, aluminum, barium, something like that. And then it's having a reaction with that iron. But water is, you know, is crucial to our bodies. And this is why a lot of people are having, for example, hydration issues because the water has lost its, its hydrogen molecule or the hydration factor, and then they start to be dehydrated. It's almost like they're just endlessly thirsty. And there's a great book, it's You're Not Sick, You're Thirsty. And this guy wrote all about how people, even when they just have a cough or they just have, you know, like, a, you know, like they're trying to clear their throat, they're actually just super dehydrated and the body is trying to keep the water from expelling every time they breathe. So, you know, water is a very interesting one to get into, but the best way to structure the water is putting it through a spiral or through a vortex. And that would be the best way. And usually when water comes up from inside the earth, like for example, uh, pulled out of a well or things, or out of a spring, things like that, there's usually a spiral that can occur to keep that water somewhat structured in comparison. Now a spring that spirals perfectly through the rivers and things like that, that would be the best option. But, you know, when you come to the rainwater, it's just there's a lot of factors now that I don't believe were the same factors in, for example, the 70s and 80s. Now, there was still all this chemical stuff going on, but not nearly the same. Now it's like you can just determine when it's going to be a cloudy day because there's I don't like, for example, here in Arizona, I never see any real clouds. I just see this like wispy thing that floats and it's like, OK, it'll be a cloudy day. So that stuff could be coming down. I've also seen some white soot on my plants, and that I think could be in relation to that. But that could also be in the tap water as well, some sort of residue. And what I noticed was when I got into the tap water research, I actually called up the water company and asked them what's in it. And they told me they were putting some chemical. This was in Scottsdale. They were putting some chemical to combat the Motorola batteries that were poured into the canal, I guess in like the 1990s. And they said they have a 45 year deal with them to actually try to restore the balance. <laughs> and I told the guy, I go, 
what about my health, right? Like you put this, this stuff in there and he's like, well, you know, if we put enough calcium and we put enough of this in there, it should even it out. And I'm like, I don't know if it really works that way. So you have a lot of people in the field who, you know, they're just doing as they are, have been, you know, told or learning what they've been told to do. And that's what also creates this issue. Because if you think about it, water should be going through curves, just like how it flows through a river rather than these straight lines. So, you know, a simple thing that you could try for you just to kind of, you know, increase your, your ability to heal your plants with the water, you could get a copper watering can, or if you have a hose, you could get a brass nozzle, like the old ones where you would just kind of twist it and spray it. That's what, that's what I would use. And then that will create structure as that water is kind of spiraling out. So those would be the two best, and that can help filter too, whatever weird stuff is going on with the, with the water situation. Right on. Yeah, it seems like there's a multiple of ways to structure water, including salt. Would you agree with that? Like a good high quality salt? Oh, yes. Water. yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Mm -hmm. salt, salt cells, you get into, like you said, the 12 zodiac salts and all this different stuff with salt. It's just salt is magical. You know, even when you get into borax and that beautiful salt, you know, there's, there's so much with this that's not talked about. But even just the soul water that people used to make with just, you know, Celtic sea salt and things like that very, very beneficial. So that can also be another way to help structure or bring back the structure because the water will take on anything that it's in, including our bodies. Right. It also seems like I, my cats are always a good litmus tester. I only, I'm down to one cat, but uh, they, they would like to drink, say I put a uh, vase of flowers on the table. Well, that's what they want to drink or uh, out of fountains. That's a natural thing. You see that the moving water obviously structures the water and, uh, and then, yeah, maybe we'll jump over to the moon. I also do want to talk about borax because that's that's something I've got uh, a big stash of now. And they started suddenly charging like triple for it, and it was hard to get. A whole a whole grocery store chain here stopped carrying borax. I thought, well, how convenient that is, right? Because it's just this most simple thing. And um, yeah, so you want to talk about um, the moon or borax next? Sure. So let's we'll hit on borax first because. Okay. At the same time that I think that borax thing was happening, they also were getting rid of distilled water. So it's like, oh, it just so happens to get rid of the water that's used for electrical devices and batteries. You shouldn't have that, but you'll keep all the rest of the waters in the store. So it's just, it's funny how things just disappear, you know, or whatever. But the borax thing is a great one. I mean, everybody can look into the borax conspiracy. It was a document that came out in the 1980s where there was a young fellow who was in Australia who realized that if a person utilizes borax, that they would help to assist and heal their osteoporosis or arthritis. And he had so many people, he was basically giving it out, like to just to people and saying, try this, let me, you know, what, let me know what happens. After about a month, his phone blew up so many times that he was like, I think I need to turn this into like something so I can help because this is crazy. I'm getting 90% success rates and like all these things. And people just like I said, calling him going, you're the guy with the, you know, with the borax and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So he actually went to a supplement company or a vitamin company and asked them if they can put it into a capsule. And they asked him, why would you want to do that? Because they had no idea because a lot of the vitamin and supplement companies also work for the other people as well. So they said, why would you want to do that? And he goes, oh, we have these great results. I got like a 90% success rate. You know, the people who are calling me about arthritis and osteoporosis, you know, all these great things. And so shortly about, I think, 30 days later, 
he was put in jail. He was fined about $10,000 or some money amount that. And, and after about 60 days, Borax was completely banned, I think, in 31 or 32 countries, all like that. And it's just sodium tetraborate. It's a form of salt. You know, so if a person's getting into salt healing, you can look into this. And that's why I always say, do your research, look into this. There's a great website, earthclinic.org. They have a ton of stuff on this with borax and everything related to that. But basically, instantaneously, he was competing up against the osteoporosis and arthritis industries. And those are big industries because after about the age of 60 or 65, a lot of people build up fluoridosis in their body from all the fluoride. Their bones start to get, they start to get brittle. The bones start falling apart and these things like that. And the borax was the counter. So they didn't let all of this kind of fly. And so shortly after that, the ban happened. But I did a video on this and it went absolutely crazy with the with people, you know, with the borax and understanding. And the cool thing is, is now people are commenting on that video, all of their experiences, so that it's not just me talking about it. It's their experiences, how it's benefited them. And I got into it heavily when I was looking up, like, how to decalcify the penile gland and open up the third eye, because salt can be very beneficial at doing that because it's a chelator. It pulls things up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, borax is just a, a magical one. And then they also use borax in gardens and planting to, you know, balance things out. And people with pools can also use borax instead of all the other chemicals that they give people. Because you can actually use borax instead of the, the chlorines and all these other things as well, because that's what the salt water pool. So, you know, there's so much with just using these beautiful things from the earth to heal and then also, you know, help our terrain. And the, the document, like I was saying, the borax conspiracy goes more into this and the earthclinic.org. Earthclinic.org? Yes, I can send you the link after this if you want. So okay, I just, yeah, I was writing it down there. So, um yeah, when, when we were all getting that, uh, what I thought was fear porn about the, the muzzles on the face and how they contained the, um, you know, worms or whatever, oh, yes. nanoworms. Well, I didn't believe it. So I started to do the experiment myself to prove it all wrong. And I could just put my mind at ease. Well, I tested nine masks. They all had them. Yes. I, I, I could magnify and see them. They were like literally motoring they weren't they weren't like you know that they weren't a life force you could tell there was something different but they were definitely mobile and not just because of heat convection and i would use borax to uh and and that would inevitably stop all of the movement after a few minutes the borax would would uh would kill that so do you want to uh segue over to parasites and parasitism and you know anything more about borax there Oh, yeah. So I like that. And I, I, I like that you said that because, yeah, that's what it says on the box. Borax will pretty much remove everything. And they also used to do Tony Pascarello, I think is his name. He's up in Canada. He would do borax foot baths to remove all the nanos from people's skin. And he showed the exact same thing. These people would put their feet in a bath of bor or like a bath of borax and water and all these things would start coming out and whatever it may be, whether it's robotic or whether it's whatever you know, th these things would start coming out. So, so borax is very powerful on that. And I think because personally, the pH, because I'm starting to really get into pH and understanding pH, but I think because of the pH, that's what they can't sustain or things cannot sustain in certain states. And then that's what balances out. So same with like your pool, you can't have algae if your pH is high. It's not possible. But if your pH is low, you can have algae. And then you can have different types of things like frogs and all these other beautiful things. And, and that's part of nature. 
So, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting thing. But as into getting into the parasites thing, I did a video talking about this related to the moon. And I think it's a really important one to kind of pay attention to because the moon is constantly pulling on everything in our body. Right now, we're at the end of the moon phase. I don't think you have the new moon for still another couple more days. So everything is real calm. It's just real chill outside. Because what I've noticed is, is with the moon cycles, you have basically 14 days of when the new moon starts. You have 14 days uh, of high energy going to up to the full moon, where you have like almost like a flip of a polarity shift of, of that. And then you have your 14 days going down as the moon kind of goes away. So when it comes to anything that's built up in the body, such as toxins, such as chemicals, such as all these different things, who knows what you got going on and all of these things, those things get pulled on heavily by the moon. So it's interesting that a lot of people will do a lot of cleanses, a lot of fasting, a lot of things during the time of the day before the full moon, the full moon, and the day after. And those are the days in which the moon is pulling on the body the most. Now, what I also think now, too, is it's the days of the highest sound frequency, too, the loudest sounds. A lot of people get real irritated on the full moon because things are really loud versus now things are very quiet. So that sound frequency can also play a role on whatever's going on or activating inside the body with those toxins and chemical reactions as well. But it's interesting because, you know, I was talking about the whole parasite thing and I thought more of that the moon is pulling on the toxins in the body rather than just the parasitic things that we maybe think that we've been told. And the only reason I say that because is when you get into the whole, you know, germ theory and, and con the contagion myth and things like that, a lot of that stuff we've learned is not what it seems. So if those things aren't what it seems, then maybe the parasite thing is a different thing that we don't pay attention to. And we're always looking at like, I'm going to use this superfood to cleanse but what you're using that superfood is, is to restore a pathway, to, to revitalize things and kickstart things and get them going again, rather than you're trying to get rid of it. Because if we think about it, you know, I have a nose right here. I don't need to get rid of it. It needs to stay in the place in which it stays. It has a function. Just like, you know, your teeth and your tonsils when they're always like, take those out and things like that. Things are meant to stay in their places. Now, it's good to cleanse. You know, people can go into doing enemas and cleanse out their system and these things so that they can restore things. Someone said it's a new moon today. Well, that makes sense now. So now we're high energy. So with that, you know, when we can start cleansing and getting the body going, that's great. That's beautiful because that gets into cleaning everything and keeping the electrical conductivity flowing. But if a person has a lot build up inside their gut lining and the moon is pulling on that, they're going to have a lot of things in which they maybe won't normally experience. So if everything's backed up, those things that are backed up inside the gut are also going to impact the brain and increase the and, and impact the rest of the pathways. So, you know, when you get into the whole moon situation, all of these things are also factors too. And like to add into it, you have the sun and then you have solar cycles and you have different moon cycles. And depending on where we are about all of those things, so somebody just said, you know, is the moon pulling on metals? It can be because think of it's going to pull if it can pull waves to being, you know, I don't know, let's say 15 to 20 feet. It's going to pull humans and it's going to pull insects and it's going to pull birds and it's going to pull all of these things. And if it's spiraling like this and then it starts to spiral like this, think of what it's going to do to a person when they have, for example, too much built up and then they have a toxic overload and it starts spinning back the opposite direction. Because that's what I started to notice with the moon situation is a lot of it is 
polarity shifts, you know, from positive to negative. So if you think about your gut, if you got a lot of toxins built up in there and a lot of things built up and it flipped the other direction, you might experience some, you know, just either personality situations, mood disorders. You might just a lot of discomfort in your stomach. You might start feeling a lot of frequencies and a lot of things that are around you. So rather than just saying it is this parasite and we need to do this Y and Z and we used to we need to use these pills that the you know the big companies want to give you because that I see a lot on social media where they're trying to you know this will counter it. It's like maybe things are meant to be there and we just need to start understanding cycles above us and cycles around us and as we pay attention to those we can understand okay I just need to clean up my diet. I need just need to clean up my terrain. Rather than I need to like pull things out and rip them out and do all kinds of stuff, which goes back into that game we used to play as kids, the doctor, you know, where a person's taking all the pieces out and it's no big deal. You're like, oh, I'm just taking them out. It's no big deal. But it is a big deal because, yeah, you need all of those parts. So same thing with this is there's always like what I've noticed with all of this related to the fear. There's always like this enemy. And you got to like take over this enemy or something, whatever it may be. But in reality, I've realized everything works in harmony and everything works in balance. And if we just pay attention more to the moon cycles and everything that's going on around us, then a lot of things are very, very predictable, actually, after a time, because you're going to see these same repetitive cycles around that same time. And then you start to understand, okay, this is a good time for my body to kind of take a little break and let my body do its thing rather than kind of continuously through that same cycle, because over time, then the body just begins to break down instead of actually increasing energy and getting better over time. Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful. I love that. And then so for like the full moon is the time when it pulls the strongest on the waves. I know that that's like uh, as a person who helps people a lot with their emotional and, and programming kind of layers and levels, that that's the easiest time to release and then what would you say, like, if it's the full moon or the new moon today, what would you do differently? Like, would you try to still promote detoxing or at that time, do you just like let the body rest? What, what's going on for us now? I would say you should try to be as efficient as you can for these next 14 days and do a lot of planning and a lot of journaling because you're going to get the most done and you're going to be very efficient. And that's, that's, that's how I see this cycle. And then, like you said, around that full moon time, you can do stuff for releasing, uh, helping to release emotions, maybe things that are pented up, whatever it may be. And then your your last 14 days are just times of relaxation and rest. Because if you're already tired today, it's because your 14-day cycle we just went through, you didn't do enough rep repairing and resting. Because now we're just going to have that energy going up like that. So whatever tasks you have, whatever journaling you want to do, whatever things you want to do, this is a good time to get all of that done because the energy is just going to increase for that time. And even maybe taking up a new hobby, such as hiking, going out into nature, whatever it may be, really connecting because the energy of your cells are at their highest point. Now, if you did it on the flip-flop, where after the full moon, you decided to try all doing this, you're probably not going to want to do much. You know, you're going to be like, ah, oh, I'm just whatever. <laughs> it's, a, it's a calm time, whatever. So if we follow these cycles, we can utilize them to our benefit and also for restoring our balance of our health. Because even like you said, if, for example, a full moon is coming, things usually get a little crazy around the full moon. So you're kind of aware so that you're not out, for example, let's say driving in traffic and going, oh, my gosh, why is everybody driving like this? And why are there accidents? Well, it's the day just before the full moon and the full moon. 
you know, and there was a great book I put up. I, I wish I remember the title, but it was like haunting. Uh, man, I wish I remembered. I'll have to send it to you. But it was like haunting something. And it talked all about the things that happened during the full moon. How many babies are born because of the pulling on the water from the womb? You know, how many so the new moon, though, too. It's, it's yes. a new moon and full moon. So isn't that interesting? Yes, because you have a uh, you have a spike of energy. I was researching it the other day. You have a spike of energy in the new moon and the full moon. But the new moon is when the moon and the sun are actually the closest. And the full moon is when the sun and the moon are actually on the opposite sides of each other. So if you think about that polarity shift, it's because both things are on the opposite versus the new moon. Things are very connected. So if you think about your lifestyle, it's kind of like that. You know, you have this connectivity and then it goes back and it just keeps repeating. But, you know, you have the most babies born. You have the womb, the, the, the pulling of the womb to you know, pull out the babies. You have the most accidents. You have the most people who are usually put into a mental institution at that time because they have some sort of uh, uh, reaction to the moon and the frequencies. And a lot of the stuff in our terrain, such as, you know, let's go with the EMFs and those things, all of that is amplified during that time. You know, there's things like that. So, you know, when you really look at all of this, if we start paying attention to these beautiful cycles of the earth, and I call them beautiful because when you talk about certain topics, such as the sun and the moon, you know, it, it gets into this, it's woo-woo, quackery and things like that and whatever else. But all of this stuff has been studied for since the dawn of time. And we're just kind of relearning it and paying attention to it and being aware. But as we clean up our terrain and our home and, you know, get rid of the LED lights and sleep better and be more restful and, and then more mindful of things, then we can also pay attention to all the other stuff, too, because a lot of that stuff is in the beginning, like we were talking about, is all impeding you from getting to the other like learning levels. Because, for example, just synthetic flavoring is just messing with the mind and the dopamine so that the mind can never be balanced. So because they're, they're creating these different patents, which are altering the brain. So now if you take it a step further and you add a full moon into the mix, now you have this amplified energy plus synthetic things. It's all just goes hand in hand. So as we just start to pay attention, cleanse out the bottom, or cleanse out the body and then restore balance to our terrain, everything fixes kind of like that. There you go. That's beautiful. Yeah. The, the natural flavor. Oh my gosh, it's landing in everything. And it's such a signature, like even just you're alluding to it, but it is a signature poison. My, that's my, my body's registering. It's like a no, even though I recognize that flavor, but yeah, so that's good to know about those patterns. And uh, so we're starting to wind down time-wise. I'm just wondering if there's anything, like I, I did get a special request for you to talk about your pearl supplement and why that works, if you want to fill us in. Of course. So pearls are magical, and they used to use them as teeth replacements, uh, a, a tooth replacement back in, the, in South America and the Mayan culture. That's where the whole pearly whites came from, that people would put pearls in their, in their mouth and replace their teeth. Which is funny because we use plastics and all polymers now instead of pearls, and we could just be using pearls. But the our pearl uh, powder supplement, we have a capsule version and a powder version. The powder version can be added to coffee and smoothies. And then the capsule version, you can just take whenever you feel. A lot of people take it before bed. And pearls are remarkable at healing the body because everything is in a carbonated form. So it's very easy for the body to absorb. A lot of the things which we mentioned, the synthetic things, the synthetic vitamins, synthetic minerals, all this stuff, it's very hard for the body to break down because it's in a synthetic form and the body cannot recognize it. For example, a lot of people take magnesium supplements and they usually have their stomach flushed out 
from that magnesium supplement because the body cannot absorb what's going on. It's, it's kind of got a shock. First, when a person tries pearl powder or starts utilizing pearl, they'll absorb the, the magnesium and they'll sleep like a baby and they won't have the restless leg syndrome that they once had as well too because a lot of the times restless leg syndrome can be a result of either static on the body or lack of magnesium because magnesium goes back into all the conductors of the body. It's one of the biggest ones for conducting, just like copper and silver and gold. But magnesium is another beautiful one. So that pathway is very important. But when the body, when the person is taking uh, magnesium carbonate from the pearl, then the body begins to restore. A person also commented about their skin. Pearl has 2% structured water in it. So when we're having all this destructuring going on and all the stuff that we're missing, it works really well at hydrating the skin. It also really works well at feeding the eyes because the eyes are one of the last things to get nutrients. And there was a great study that this, uh, this professional showed where they showed when a person was consuming pearl powder and then rubbing the pearl around their eyes, after about 60 days, uh, 60 of the 100 patients that they were working with, their cataracts completely reversed. So, you know, when it comes to feeding the eyes, because these are, we're taking a lot, you know, there's a lot of this stuff and all these screens and, and screen time, basically, that's impacting the eyes. So pearls can actually work to help heal and restore the eyes and repair them. And then when we go into the skin, you have all the amino acids and the glutathione levels of pearl that are very beneficial for the body, but for repairing the connective tissues. So if you take some coconut oil and you put some pearl on it, or you put some pearl together and you rub that against your skin, what will start to happen is you're going to repair the connective tissues, which are breaking down over time. And pearl was used for ages for this. So when I got into researching pearl, I thought, oh my gosh, this is remarkable. You know, like all these studies and all this information, you know, is it as good as it seems? And as I started consuming it and as, excuse me, as we released it, it's pretty much just gone absolutely crazy. And just all different types of studies from, or, or I'm sorry, testimonials, people having their hair grow back. I had a lady, she was 78 years old. She went to the hairdresser. The hairdresser asked, you know, how is your hair growing so fast? Why is it so thick? She just started consuming pearl powder. You know, I had another lady, she had cataracts, slowly reversed 50% of the cataract in her, her one eye just over a short amount of time. I had a couple other people who had skin conditions, slowly healed with pearl powder. And I even had another lady, uh, I named her, her name was, I think, Kristen, and, or Kristen or Christina, and her husband was nearly diagnosed as legally blind, and he can actually see color now after using pearl powder. So, I mean, I've realized our body, and this is why I am big on removing the fear, because if the body just gets the right things, the body heals like that. And same with our plants, same with our home, same with everything. And it's funny because once you go towards something that heals, you don't want to go back to the, the, the poisons over here. Your body just knows. It's like, eh. same with, like you said, the flavors. Once you have any, any type of weird flavor and you get rid of it, you're just like, something doesn't seem right. It just tastes off. But in our products, we don't put any flavoring. We don't put any maltodextrin, any citric acid, anything synthetic, just one single thing to help elevate the body. And that is our new one right there that you just posted up our new 200 gram bag because our pearl was going so crazy that we wanted to make one for the whole family. And so we just launched that new 200 gram bag so that people can use it for themselves, their kids, and also for their, their puppies and their cats. 
because puppies and cats seem to love pearl powder. They lick it and they, they seem to enjoy it a lot. So we were doing a lot where we had a lady with a Pomeranian and she said her Pomeranian was 14 years old and not feeling that well. She started giving him pearl powder and now he's jumping around and he's all excited. And that's on one of the reviews in there too. But I, I really try to share everybody else's testimonials and reviews of anybody who reaches out to me so that people can have a solution to whatever it may be. Because when I was going through my whole thing, I mean, I just would type into Google and they would just tell me like, it's your, it's your genetics and you're getting old. You know, that's pretty much what it was. Or when I went to the professional, it's, you know, you're just, you're allergic to dust and you, I'm going to stick you with all these things and give you all these, these poisons and whatever. And then maybe you'll come back to me. And I realized that there needs to be it, like an avenue of information for solutions on, on these different topics, rather than just this repetitive cycle, like you said, of the fear, 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 because even with the eyes, if we can restore eyesight, then we can restore anything because that was one I've always seen with people. They've had glasses and they're always wearing thicker and thicker glasses over time. But in reality, if you could reverse it and go backwards, why would you ever want to do that? You know, like it's just it's just so beautiful, the things that can be done with just bringing in the right things into our body to heal. Amazing. Yeah, I'm working on my eyes right now and uh, I'm, I'm using hydrogen gas, Brown's gas. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And George Wiseman is going to be coming in the House of Free Will for a workshop, by, by the way, if anyone wants to know in uh, September. And um, also doing urine therapy. I know that's like some people might freak out about that, but literally putting urine in my eyes, which feels amazing. Like that just like the feeling alone. And then with the powder, do you put it in your eye or you just um, you just ingest it? With the with the powders of the capsules, you can just ingest it. And then with the powder, you can take it with some coconut oil and place it around the eyes. Because I, I think of it as, you know, everything that you place around the eyelids is going to go into the eye as well. Now I have seen things with drops, but I haven't tested much with drops of, of, of like combining pearl powder with say distilled water and making it into a drop. But primarily what I've seen with everybody with the results is just applying around the eyes and then just consuming either the capsule or powder form. Right, right. Yeah, the body is a triage system and it's always like, like you say, the eyes are the last to get it. And then, yeah, I so want to get rid of these readers, but I think yeah, anyway, I won't go on and on about that. But um, yeah, it's been uh, a, a good interview. Maybe uh, if there's another time, another opportunity, we could start to go deeper into some of these subjects. And it does you know, some people are asking about scientific studies and experiments and all that, that kind of thing. I think it's different in the holistic world. I don't know what you if you have one more minute to talk about that, where you're talking about testimonials and, and anecdotal in, 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 um, information. And then, and then the scientific studies, I mean, that's, that's our, you know, our whole government control system that can uh, afford for one, what it takes to do truly scientific studies. So do you, do you want to just respond to that at all? Before we so go? I think that's a really good one because I have a lot of people who ask I'm pregnant and what can I use? And there's no studies that are ever related to people who are pregnant. Now, the only ones I've seen is on pearl powder. And those were actually out of Taiwan where they actually studied that it helped benefit pregnancy and pregnant women, and women who were breastfeeding. So I thought that was really interesting. But yes, a lot of the studies, we have to sometimes take studies, you know, you, you can see it, and you can kind of take it in. But you have to really look at the studies, because all of the studies, like you said, are funded by certain groups to show certain things. Because let's just say a Pearl study came out and showed that you could completely reverse your eyesight damage after about two years. 
Well, all of the eye industry would be over within two years of that study being released because every person would start doing Pearl and things like that. So these studies always will give you kind of, you know, they will give you information and they will give you a good insight on something, but they are also, like you said, it's on the scientific narrative. The scientific narrative also doesn't believe electroculture is real, but I have about a thousand or 2000 more photos and pictures of all of it working in people's gardens going crazy. So we really have to use, this goes back into connecting to our instinct and using our discernment to kind of filter through maybe what we feel we're being sold on rather than what's actually healing or what's beneficial. And as somebody just said, yes, they cannot patent pearls, which is, yes, that's true because it's part of nature. You know, so I connect more. I, I, back in the day, I would be maybe more on the science. Now I'm very connected to my instinct and nature and as much as I feel. And even with reading books too, you know, cause this goes into that topic too. You might pick up a book and feel that that book is just trying to brainwash you. That's kind of what it's doing. And you can go by the author. You can look by the symbols that are usually in the, in the beginning of the book. Those symbols are kind of trying to tell you something before you open it. You know, so same with studies, books can also have this and we have to be aware of these things. But when you get into it, it's very interesting. But there are some promising studies where people have done experiments with people. And I think those are some of the best to look at because that's something in the real form rather than sometimes where it's like this was done in whatever with 1000 of one whatever. And it, it's very confusing. And I think also, too, they do that for a reason. Because after about the first three sentences, you're going to be kind of in a confused state and never get to the conclusion at the bottom that just says exactly what you wanted to get to in the first place. Because now you got to go through like 55 pages of, 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 of uh, funny pie charts and graphs that are trying to tell you something, but it doesn't make any sense. Rather than if you just kind of got down to the conclusion. So I think they do. There's a lot of that confusion for a reason, because that also leads to people in a confused mind state where they're just like, ah, I'll just kind of keep going, doing what I'm doing. So I try to stick right to it and kind of just follow my instinct and my gut on it. And that kind of plays a good role in determining what I kind of feel. But the best way and anybody can do anything is even electroculture, pearls, all of these things. Just try it and see what happens. You know, that's what I'm big on. If it works for you, it works for you. If, if something else works for you, like you were talking about the, the urine therapy and the brown gas, if that works, do it. And that's what I'm big on. Like whatever works with your beautiful makeup, whatever blood type that may be, whatever that may be, you know, works with that. That's what I say to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I hear you. Well, thank you so much for taking this time. I know we're a few minutes over, so I should let you go. I'm going to stay on for a little while and chat about my new moon experience that I just had that was going to illustrate a story, but you could maybe catch that on the recording. Thank you so much for joining me, Matt. It's been a pleasure. It's been a blast. And when you send me the link, I'll also repost this and put it up for others so they can be aware as well, too. So thank you for having me on. And I wish all you guys the rest of a great new moon. And it's on a moon day or a Monday. So it's perfect. So <laughs> I wish you guys the best. Thank you so much, Matt. Bye. For now. Bye. All right. That was fun. Yeah. Um, I would have gone deeper into it, Mountain Smithy, about, um, about the scientific nature of things. But, you know, just from my side, this I I basically have been my own guinea pig that until I can prove something to myself, I don't even care what studies are there that, uh, you know, prove or disprove something until I can actually go inside 
and witness the change. Like there was, there was a time when I was sick with cancer and I was finally no longer at the mercy of a test to say, yes, you have cancer or no, you're in remission. I could feel it. I could sense it. I even was able to see what does the feeling of having cancer cells in my body die and transform back into healthy cells or what, however that process was happening. I could also sense that. Uh, when I started to use the Browns gas, I started to have some of those sensations, which was fascinating because it, it made it seem, you know, I can't prove it scientifically. There's, it's just me. It's just anecdotal inside myself, but I can prove it to myself at least. Now, I'm not one to go out and tell people exactly what to do with their health unless you ask me directly. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not an advice giver. I'm a coach, and I'm going to be leading people to their own conclusions and, and uh, in a much better way. So yes, studies, studies aren't scientific. Scientific experiments are, got it. Yeah, to me, it's like the, you know, the, the things say about electric culture uh, would be just the, like the double blind where you, you, well, I, I guess the blind part would be hard because you know where you put your copper things, but just like to have two beds of, if uh, practically identical everything, although that, that's not even, nature's not like that. My, my neighbor's garden is exploding in life. She does everything wrong. She plants her seeds and leaves. And then I've, I've tended and tended and tended, and I'm struggling a lot with the deer as well. So, you know, nature is more complex than that. God is, God is, um, not, um, I mean, it, I don't, don't want to say not predictable, but that things are more complex than, than we know. And then simplification is, is a good thing in our own, uh, in our own experience. Thanks, Ben Hannes, to see you here. Whoops, missed that. And yeah, studies go back a hundred years and then it's just, you know, try it. It's not a big deal for electroculture to, to see, um, you know, you don't need, you don't need a scientific study to tell you to put a, uh, stake in the in the ground with some copper wire and that kind of thing. So I want to make sure and tell you guys about Friday coming up. I don't know if Daniel David, you're still on. You were in the chat a little bit earlier, but uh, he's coming on for a second interview. I'm super excited about. I've been learning a lot of his work and we've been starting to collaborate in some things. And I'm actually going to be part of his power and vision mastermind that's coming up in, I believe, 30 days now. So um, we're, we're uh, getting into some trouble together, <clears throat> might end up doing some music together. I am reigniting my music because I've got a festival, Soul Shine, at the, um, at the beginning of September that I'll be playing at. And that always makes me more interested in, uh, in playing, re literally reteaching myself my own songs, which is embarrassing, but uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. And, uh, and then if you're in the House of Free Will, or you would like to be in the House of Free Will, maybe you would want to be. Then there's two amazing workshops. One is going to be the Full Flat Electromagnetic uh, Universe Part 2 with Dave Manal, who is Trinity 4 on, on YouTube. Super excited. He's a, a beautiful presenter. I felt totally edified after watching, after uh, taking part in the first one, not watching, but participating. These are all very uh, interactive. And then Ben Balderson is going to come and talk about cell salts at uh, 12.30 on Thursday afternoon. So... Keep all of that in mind. Also coming up July 26th is the Journey Code Coaching Certification Open House. So this is where I pull back the curtain. I'm going to screen share how the modules in the certification, the seven-month certification look. I'm going to be talking about like what coaching is compared to consulting or teaching or any of those professions, those helping professions where you're more or less just giving advice and trying to tell people what to do. But I don't know if you guys noticed, but telling people what to do doesn't work. <laughs> if it did, I'd be doing it all day long, but it doesn't work. 
So I'm going to be talking about the fine art of, of coaching. We're going to geek out on all of those elements, things that you might not know about the field. I personally, I'll just talk about one. I, I, uh, I personally love it because it's the wild west and you really can make it your own and with some very solid principles and good but simple tools that absolutely work when you use them and then using archetypes as a map to be yourself become the coach over the course of seven months those people get the most of their own work done the personal inside motivation goes so far up when you set your sight on serving and helping others then you get yourself accountable to another level and, and they go deep. They create powerful, intimate relationships with each other. And uh, it's, it's a force. So there's a limited number of spots available. I am doing the open house to let people know before the early bird ends at the end of July. So if you want to join us for the open house, it's totally free. You can come in. There's no obligation of any kind, of course, to uh, join the training, but it'll give you a really good idea about uh, how to do that. If you already know you're interested and you want to talk to me in advance before the open house, because maybe those spots are going to fill up fast, then uh, just reach out to me, Beth, at BethMartins.com. And I could tell you a little mo new moon story that, um, so, you know, I, I need to start watching the moon cycles more. This was something that I used to do. In fact, I used to host a, a monthly moon gathering for women. Uh, in those days, I was working more with women almost exclusively. And, uh, you know, so I was much more in tune with the moon cycles and using that energy and paying attention to it. Well, this time around, I have, uh, I, I gotta, I gotta watch the moon cycles with my scheduling because I've created so much activity at the new moon. And, you know, I think it's good for other people to take in. It's a time of absorption. It's a kind of, you know, um, definitely a feminine time receiving time, uh, you know, decluttering time, detoxing. I'm still, my, my, my jury's still out. Maybe it really is both the, the new moon and the full moon that are good for detox, just like a baby tends to be born on one of those others. But uh, so I'm, uh, you know, I'm just like getting all my shit done and getting my shit done and getting my shit done. And uh, there was, there was some fairly big setup uh, setbacks. I sent out an email last night and it was all scheduled and ready to go. And about 10 minutes before it went out, like giving you all the details of what was coming this week. Then I thought, oh, I'll just do my diligence and I'm going to go through and, you know, do some edits, make sure links all work and everything like that. So I'm diligently doing this and I'm getting it right. And I'm pretty pleased with myself. I go to hit send and it's like, oh, you can't, you can't send an email that's already been sent. So it already went. Forgive me for a, uh, you know, mediocre, badly written email that went out instead. But I think you guys uh, get me and maybe can cut me some slack for that. But it's a sign of the new moon. Like had I been just like, Oh, just relax, just sit, you know, breathe some gas and pray and meditate and enjoy and, uh, and be restful. Then I was being a workaholic and, and, and it set me back. I was, I would have been further ahead if I didn't do that. Uh, you know, so the working against the, against the scene is, is really, uh, not, not productive. I know it. I just have to relearn and, and teach myself. So yeah, lots of stuff coming up. Um, as I mentioned, we're going to be doing a Browns Gas workshop and get all sciencey, <laughs> just in case that's a trigger now. 
about Brown's gas and how that exactly works. It's similar, you know, to the way that the way that Matt is talking about his work and his, say his products and everything. It's similar to George Wiseman and the Brown's gas. You know, it's it's not a lot of hardcore science studies. It's a lot of anecdotes. Some people get very big results. Some people don't get results. I have uh, proven enough to myself that the Brown's gas is a useful element, that it is providing building blocks for my body to heal in a way that it um, otherwise couldn't. It's a little bit sad to get hooked on it, so to speak, you know, because it's uh, something, but like, that's like good food. We're hooked on it. We can't, we can't get away from that. It's, uh, you know, without those building blocks, although like, there is fasting and people have demonstrated not, uh, not being able to eat. And you can relate, Michelle, I know, I know it's like behind the scenes, everybody else can relax and, uh, and we're just going strong making use of it. It was funny as the, as the moon wanes and, and the energy starts to drop, you can feel it, but you can still glom on to the remaining energy that's there right up until the end. And uh, yeah, the new moon is a really good time. Like Matt was talking about to, to vision, to plant seeds, to, to put the, you know, what, how do you want this next moon cycle to go out in front of you so you can be intentional and you can, you know, you can indulge in the vision, in the vision of what isn't yet, but what is there in your imagination. And I firmly believe that we would not be given any visions that couldn't be fulfilled, however big or small they are, that uh, everything is rigged in our favor, like a lot of what we were talking about today has, uh, has demonstrated, or at least, you know, points towards maybe not exactly demonstrated. But uh, yeah, so it's all rigged in our favor. We just have to learn to work with it instead of against it. And that's what ends up happening inside ourself as well. That as much as, you know, you want a healing, you want a breakthrough, you want something that was difficult to be easy, there's an equal opposite part of yourself that doesn't want that. And it might sound stupid. You might think, oh, Beth, you're being stupid by by saying that, but when you actually go inside and start to be able to observe at the level of the blueprints where we're at, then you'll see it. You'll see it clear as day. There's part of you literally going no. There's part of you going yes, strong, you know, attachment with the yes, strong aversion with the no. And then what happens is people just spin. They tend to go nowhere. They tend to do nothing. You can take in all the best information, but you might find yourself not making use of it because of that underlying substratum of programming that is hidden. You know, some people, even their flesh and their bones is hidden from them. They're not actually, you know, experiencing that. And there's that buzzword embodied, but, you know, it, it's a it's a true word that we are really meant to come into our flesh and our bones, except that it's so damn weaponized against us, right? So most people's flesh and bones are not comfortable, especially never mind the, the uh, emotional realm and the spiral of that and the churning and the moving and all of that kind of stuff. It's, um, you know, some people just haven't been trained what it is, what to do with it, what's its purpose, right? Does it have a purpose unto itself? Is it a means to something? To me, I, I discovered, I'll just cut right to the chase and, and share share the knowledge with you that Everything, you know, not only is rigged in our favor, but everything is a door to, you know, you could say freedom, you could say relationship with God, you could say neither being pushed nor pulled internally or externally, right? That the world could be completely going to hell around you. But if you have freedom, it's not about you and your life doesn't participate in the same way as when you're driven by fear. 
And uh, yeah, we, you tend to identify exactly in as the pain can be, it can be, and then identifying and de-identifying again, you know, two actions that actually at the vibrational level are, are identical and the same. So whether you try to like de-identify from the pain or you're identifying from the pain, they're both the identity. And then, so yeah, knowing who you really are, it's easy to talk about. We can run these things intellectually through our head and you can agree and it all, you know, resonates. <laughs> I have a lot to say about that, what resonates. But at the end of the day, we want things that work in the practical world, not just feel good and raise the frequency. And, you know, in this work, while it does make you feel good and it does raise your frequency, that's not the purpose of it, right? The real purpose of it is freedom, changing, making, making the changes that you want to make, seeing the difference in your life, seeing how your life changing changes people around you without going in like shaking them and telling them to wake up or what they need to do or, you know, not do. And um, the self-saboteur, yeah, that's one of the primal archetypes in my world, which is part of the, the Journey Code training. And uh, hello, Flat Flatsmack flat Biblical. If you're not already a member at House of Free Will, you might want to be. We've got part two of the electromagnetic, the full flat electromagnetic universe part two coming up with Dave Manel. And, uh, and then, yep, yep. So actually, that makes total sense because things are harder in making, harder in making journey. I've made a situation more difficult than needed, almost self-sabotaging. Oh God, got it. You're listening to or responding to that message. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, <laughs> when you make things harder for, me, for yourself, it's time to take a step back and, and see where am I putting energy in. Also backs up to the masculine feminine archetype, which we're going to talk a whole lot about in the Ben Balderson workshop on cell salts, because that's really the foundation of like salts are the masculine. And that's why, you know, people do a lot of work with oils and maybe have limited effects, although they smell amazing, but because you're only, you only got half of the story going on there and the body's all about wholeness. That's really our healed state. Hello, voice of reason, Paul. Nice to see you. Looking forward to listening to this. Just tuning in now. You have to rewind. Yeah, he only had an hour, so I had to cut it a little bit short and uh, jam all my questions in, go go not that deep on anything, but have a little overview. I was hoping he would tie it all together in a way he did, so that was good. And uh, the door is number four in Paleo uh, Hebrew. So you see fours a lot, ready for a change. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, the door, it's the, um, it is the precipice. It's kind of like Ian was saying that you know our pain, we, rather than identifying or pushing it away, treating it as the door, receiving whatever energy it has, whatever, you know, literal frequency, it's as if shooting out at you, as if it's something separate, it's not something separate, but receiving that frequency, that frequency instead of suppressing it. And then you get some information. <clears throat> yeah, George Wiseman, he's coming to the House of Free Will. There's an application in the notes below the video. Uh, if you're on Rockfin, you'll just have to go to my website. And uh, so first you need to apply to be a member of the House of Free Will. Uh, I don't doubt that you will be accepted. I just like to see some details about you that you, you know, anything you want to share with me personally, I, only I am reading those by the way. And then once you're a member, you can attend the workshop 
And all of the workshops have been zero cost. All of the workshops are there as a, a, a growing library resource of solutions in the House of Free Will. That's the main thing that I'm doing. It is, it is our one-year anniversary that um, it just happened. Now I haven't made a, a hoopla. I think I'm just even telling people right now. So we're still a small ministry at about 200 members and um, hosting regular workshops and fellowship. <clears throat> we have a Telegram group. Uh, if you're on Telegram, please come look me up at the King Hero uh, both chat and channel. If you only find the channel, make sure to ask me about the chat. The links are below in the show notes as well. And uh, everyone is deficient, Israel, as Adam says, in three salts. The other nine were acquired in the womb. Oh, interesting. And um, Ben, I, and I talked about that quickly the other day. He said the reason that we're deficient in certain ones, according to our birth time, is because that's the ones we use the most of. So he's got a little bit of a different take on that but it's hard to uh it's hard to say and uh, great heart traveler yeah i look forward to seeing your application that's fantastic it always takes me a day or so to get through them so if you'd like to take part in the george wiseman workshop in the cell salts workshop in the flat earth workshop and all of the recordings that have already been passed then um, get that application to me sooner than later because otherwise it gets to be a little bit too hairy at the last minute and um, you might you might catch it but it might be after the fact. So yeah, super excited. And um, the ones Wiseman brought. Hmm. Not sure what you're asking there, Ian. Maybe just remind me what uh, the question is there. And yeah, I'm just in contact with him. I've always got uh, some little thing with the Browns gas going on and uh it's fun to he's he's a beautiful guy he's a member of the house of free will by the way i was so so honored when he signed up and stayed a member he's not that active in it but he supports it and could relate to everything that we were doing so it's really fun uh the three salts they took to the baby jesus oh okay got it oh those wise men not george Wiseman. <laughs> that's so funny there you go the three salts they took to um baby Wiseman. interesting interesting yeah i didn't or not baby Wiseman, baby Jesus. Yeah, so no, I don't know anything about that, but that would be fun. Uh, did a great interview with SB Alger, short, shout out to him. I think he's the last Christian in my world, um, with the exception of Daniel David, that will still talk to me. I don't know, they're just canceling me right, left and center. That's my sad, sad story. And I'm going to be talking about that a little bit more today in a snippet video I do every Monday, so I'm a little bit behind for that. But uh, I'm going to be putting that out later today. And what else do you guys want to talk about? Anything? What's going on in your worlds? You're getting results with electroculture. That's fantastic to hear. And let's see what else. I'll just, uh, I'll just share a link, by the way, to that open house, the Journey Code open house. So it's here in the chat. If it's handy, sometimes it's easier. And um, you don't have to share your phone number. But if you want me to call you, definitely share your phone number. I'm talking to all kinds of beautiful folks. The training itself, the Journey Code Coaching Certification Training, is um, European-friendly time zone, European time zone friendly. That's what I meant to say. And we meet on Wednesdays. There's about a three-hour commitment per week of actual class time and partner work time. And then your life becomes the subject of the whole training. Everything that you do for yourself becomes the gift that you can give the other and for some of us, that's really super important. Maybe you have that nurture archetype where you really want to help people. You want to serve them. 
Maybe you don't want to do that in the context of a job anymore that doesn't have your best interest. Maybe you want that kind of freedom. Like I always brag that nobody showed up to regulate me during the pandemic. No one told me where to stand, where to put my feet. There's no stickers. No one told me what to wear on my face, how to see my clients, when to see them, anything. They didn't try to regulate me. They didn't try to put poison injections in my body. No one showed up at the door with that. And hopefully that isn't yet to come. I did hear you guys that in, in Canada now there is a province that has gone full on mandated um, uh, injections on a whole bunch of different things, not just what we've been through recently. So, wow. Oh my gosh. And a whole entire province has done that. Like, uh, ugh. anyway, don't get me started on that. And uh, yeah, one year anniversary for the House of Free Will. I, 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 I do feel extremely proud. I feel very satisfied that I started last year and that I didn't sit on this egg and sit on this egg and sit on this egg and try to get the egg so perfect before I came out. And that's a really big part of my uh, philosophy in life is to just do the thing. Just do it, right? Because it's the doing of it that teaches you. If you don't do, you don't really learn. I don't care how much you information you take in. It's not going to change you and it's not going to um, make you act any differently in the world and it's not going to bring you freedom. So when you get out and you just do something, that's how I started Journey Code five rounds ago. This is my, first, my fifth round of students I'm going to be taking through the training. And, uh, and yes, I was able to, because of the creative energy, thank you, Linda, that, that I put into that work, I didn't get lost in despair, right? Even when I believed all of the propaganda narrative that was designed for us, you know, the, the financial collapse and, and, you know, you name it, all of that crap, that was uh, coming at us and still coming at us, but it's the creative energy that can really save you from that. You can't worry and create at the same time, right? You might be bleeding in the creative world, but it's not, it's not going in circles. It is very productive pain. It brings up what needs to be released. It gives you that, that place to work inside yourself so that you can actually make some changes and do some stuff in the world. So uh, yeah, trades, Google had theory, then, then shop, you needed to be hands-on. Exactly. Yeah. Without hands-on, then you can't really prove anything to yourself and you just come out with this uh, academic thing. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, you know, good for practically nothing. Think about anything that you only study with your mind. What do you know about it now? Anything? I'm really bad at this. Maybe you guys know more than I do, but if it doesn't get into my hands, my blood, my bones, my life, then yes, Billington Bear, exactly. If you can't apply it, then I'll even hazard a guess to say it's not true. If you can't apply it, right? If it doesn't show up in your life. That's why with Ben Balderson, I like that he's a practical alchemist. He can demonstrate everything he does. It's not just like a woo-woo philosophy, theory, belief system, right? Belief systems more and more. And look, oh yeah, music theory is a great example of that uselessness, right? You should see my son. I'll just brag. He is playing for sure circles around me guitar-wise. And uh, I'd be curious to see him and his dad go head-to-head. -head. His dad is a, a longtime music guy, many, many years, incredible expertise. He can pick up any instrument. He played all the instruments on my Where There's Beauty uh, album. I wonder if I could pull that up for you guys fast. 
if anybody's on Spotify, I've been, I've been listening to my own music these days and uh, it's really comforting me. So if you guys are on Spotify, this is a, this is a good one. See if I can get you a link right direct to the album. There it is. And uh, it is on all of the other platforms as well. If you are interested, it's on all that stuff. And uh, I can't play the, the songs on YouTube because I get a strike because they're considered copywritten. And uh, I used to be with CD Baby who was selling my CDs when I had CDs. I still have a few here. And uh, and then so now I get a copyright strike on my own music. So I'm thinking I'm going to be doing some more, more live music and actually pick up the guitar and sing for you guys on the streams instead. And uh, yeah, so there's a Spotify link if you want. That's That's my album, Where There's Beauty. I wrote that five minutes after I survived cancer. Thank you, Billing Tano. And uh, so it, I, I literally did that recording immediately because I thought, you know what, if I'm going to die, I don't want to die with all this stuff in me. You got to get the stuff out of you. And how do you get the stuff out of you is by letting your fears go, right? Because it's fear that stops us from just simply putting our baby, whatever it is, out into the world so it could be of benefit to someone. So I think that's my rant for today. I could complain about the deerts. The deerts have been eating my garden. I'm not impressed at all. I haven't, I haven't, all my life, I haven't really hated deer, but now I do. And I wish I could sit there with a rifle and take them out, but we're in the middle of the city and I would go to jail. So that's not good. Even though their bellies are full of my beautiful vegetables, and now I'm going to resort to fencing the whole thing. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, it hasn't been that exciting. As you noticed, I'm not doing that many garden streams. I would just be complaining about the dirts. So, <laughs> all right, crossbow. Yes, right. <laughs> right, yeah, just risking that you don't actually, you only injure and maim and cause suffering. And then I, as a girl, I wouldn't be able to live with that at all. I had a, a good friend from the UK was here and she says, oh yeah, take that deer out. I will skin it and butcher it. She knew how to do all of that stuff. It's like amazing, right? Yeah, eat the deer. They they ate all my vegetables. Eat the deer, right? It's so crazy. They're they're like pests, and they're a good example of how when predators are lacking in an environment, which they are in the city, uh, then the the prey become predator on the land. It's exactly exactly demonstration of that. Yeah, venison and veggies is a good combination. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's lovely. I'm so glad that you guys could join us today. I hope uh, you enjoyed the interview with Matt. That was really nice. Uh, Matt uh, Roski, did I get that right this time? Man, it, you think that would be easy. I had to ask him like three times. And uh, yet you can catch, if you didn't catch the whole thing, you can go back and watch as soon as I hit the, the stop button here. And uh, let me know anything. Beth at BethMartins.com if you have a question. And uh, I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye for now.